Gumbo listeners, this episode is brought to you in part by OS Nexus is an industry leader in software defined storage, helping you maximize storage platforms like Ceph and OpenZFS. Choose the easy way to manage your storage and reduce costs with less effort. Go to osnexus.com slash try now and mention Data Protection Gumbo to get an expanded community edition. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Here's your host, Demetrius Marlboro. On this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have Yorgi Matev, and he has spent over 20 years in product management, primarily focusing on infrastructure, data management, and AI software. And he is currently head of product at Alcyon, which is a a new company which is currently in stealth, previously held product leadership positions at Domino Data Lab and Kasten. Yergi, welcome to the Data Protection Gumbo. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. And I, I apologize up front again for your name, messing your name up, because uh, I know it's important to get that right, but I'm a little challenged with the G there. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, it's not a not a very common name uh, around here. It always takes people a little bit of time to get used to it. All right. So just start us off. G- give us a quick rundown of, I guess, what you have been working on over the last several, several years uh, in, in your role. Uh, right now, yeah. As you as you mentioned in the in the intro, I've spent a uh, vast majority of my uh, career in sort of infrastructure type uh, product management uh, roles. Prior to to Alcyon, I spent uh, four years at Domino Data Lab building uh, software for um, sort of AI infrastructure software. It's the software that enables a lot of the uh, innovation that you see now uh, out there uh, when you read about uh, GTP and like similar kind of AI companies. There's always an underlying infrastructure that uh, many of them use and Domino is one of the providers of that. Uh, Prior to that, um, I was fortunate enough to work with the uh, founding team of Alcyon, which was also the founding team of, of Kasten. I was the original uh, head of product for, for that company, uh, and we were one of the premier solutions for data protection in the Kubernetes ecosystem. Wow, that's a lot. So you, you have a lot of great Kubernetes experience, which is a, I guess it's still considered a hot <laughs> skill set and it's still talked about just from a container perspective. But we, we're not here to talk about Kubernetes, but even though it may come up, but we are here to talk about the importance of data protection, especially for SaaS uh, companies and some of the SaaS services and platforms that are out there. Why don't you start off by just telling us maybe, you know, what what is your view about the rise of software as a service and why SaaS is a or maybe a great first move for organizations going to the cloud? Yep. Uh, I mean, we've been hearing and reading about uh, companies moving to the cloud for for quite some uh, some time, I'd say over the over the last decade. 
certainly been initiatives around that in, in every major company. Uh, but sort of what we went through in the last three years with the uh, COVID pandemic and, and lockdowns, I think this accelerated all of this uh, quite a bit. You know, companies were forced to move to a more remote workforce model sort of overnight. Uh, many of them have stayed uh, remote first uh, since. And, um, you know, one of the ways to accomplish such transition quickly was by using SaaS services. You know, even companies that were traditionally more conservative became more open to SaaS products, especially in the uh, areas of collaboration. So you saw IT teams using these uh, more and more. And as the comfort level with sort of getting things outside of tightly controlled premises increased, uh, that I think also contributed to accelerating the digital transformation um, of some of these companies and moving things to the cloud. You know, we, we have to have a conversation because nowadays you, you just can't cannot talk about security since it's the the hallmark and it's the the number one leader into a conversation especially when you're talking digital and and everything that you're you're dealing with uh, as you're talking about data how do you view or how do some of the security risks uh, that are out there things like ransomware well primarily ransomware how, how do they apply to SaaS services from your perspective? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. Sort of, at first glance, it may appear that a lot of the SaaS services are immune to ransomware attacks, at least in the in the traditional sense that we, we think of, um, of ransomware. But I think this is, is more of a, an illusion. Uh, I think it's just a, a question of targeting and, and prioritizing attacking SaaS services for some of the malicious actors. And uh, as we talked previously, as we see kind of increased adoption and penetration of these SaaS services, we'll also see increased uh, ransomware-style attacks on the, the SaaS services and the, the data uh, within these, uh, these services. Um, depending on uh, the service, the attack vectors would typically be like straight up uh, through credential leaks or in some more sophisticated cases through phishing-based attacks that will allow malicious actors to gain uh, API-level service to um, API-level access to the service. And from there, you know, bad actors are able to typically uh, exfiltrate uh, data. And a lot of cases, they're able to use the service APIs um, uh, themselves to start encrypting data in a more traditional uh, ransomware manner. Uh, you know, depending on the level of privilege they could gain, they could even uh, like start turning off some of the uh, defenses that uh, these uh, systems have. Uh, for example, something like Microsoft 365, um, a highly privileged account. Uh, would be able to start manipulating some of the version settings that are kept on uh, data assets so that if someone is doing that in conjunction with overriding data with encrypted assets, they can um, also remove access to previous versions, which would be sort of the need of first line of defense um, against something like that. So it, to summarize, I think the, the threat is real. We, we haven't 
necessarily seen uh, a lot of these attacks publicized, but there there's indication that um, some of these are being prioritized by uh, for some of these organizations that are uh, looking to upgrade their ransomware uh, attacks with the way people are evolving their usage of technology. It's interesting that you mention uh, Microsoft 365. What what are some of the and, and maybe you mentioned one one or two things, but what what are some important things that Gumbo listeners maybe primarily need to be concerned about when protecting data, specifically in the cloud like Microsoft three six five data? Yeah, I mean the first thing is uh, actually like understanding that you do need to protect this data. Uh, I, I don't think I'll need to convince a lot of your listeners that uh, data that's in Microsoft 365 is usually high-value data. Uh, you know, you can imagine lots of uh, financial information, uh, lots of IP-related documents that uh, companies are keep keeping up there. So, you know, operational plans, things like that. So, in terms of value, uh, it definitely exists. Uh, what uh, there's a little bit of a of a misconception, uh, oftentimes uh, that people don't really need to uh, protect this data in a in a way similar to to traditional data protection, uh, and uh, that's not uh, uh, always the case, right? So a lot of the promise of SaaS is that hey, it makes day one, day two operations very easy. Um, and oftentimes, as I mentioned, some of these services include native functionality that does help with some of the uh, use cases that we traditionally think as associated with data protection. You know, for example, accidental deletions. I already talked about previous versions in Microsoft 365. That's a great way to, to recover uh, you know, work that was accidentally overwritten or things that were accidentally uh, deleted. Uh, but uh, once you kind of dig in uh, a little bit deeper, um, you uh, do realize that those are not uh, all the, the relevant use cases. And uh, a lot of the risks do come from internal bad actors. We, we've seen some cases publicized of you know, malicious admins purposefully deleting information because they were disgruntled with how a company treated them. You're starting to see cases of, of external threats. And it's important for people to understand that you know, a SaaS service usually uh, is responsible for maintaining high availability and resiliency of the service itself. But because it operates by providing you know, APIs, usually the data that comes in uh, will respond to legitimate and for ill-conceived requests to these APIs. So the data itself is, uh, is at risk. And when you really dig into it, a lot of these co companies publish a uh, responsibility model um, where uh, you would need to actually be taking steps to protect uh, the data uh, your, yourself. So, kind of coming back to the to the question of you know what what's important when it comes to Microsoft 365. Um, first, it's uh, you know determine like what use cases are important for you. Uh, you know, figure out which things outside of uh, like accidental deletions you want to be prepared for. 
um, and then figure out what are the solutions available, what is the kind of the right um, cost strategy uh, for you. You know, there are cases where uh, you could rely on some of the data protection solutions to even eliminate the need of uh, going up on some of your uh, Microsoft uh, licenses. So those are things that uh, people can explore. And lastly, even if you're uh, more cost conscious than that, uh, you could uh, look into uh, open source uh, solutions and see if there are things that in the space that can help and uh, allow you to build at least the you know first line of defense there. And so you you mentioned the needle in the haystack, which is the shared responsibility model that most of these SaaS platforms and SaaS services companies have posted up on their website and there's a lot of conversation around it, but ha have you seen that the number of people like in IT who are responsible for managing the data that they're still not quite privy to what, what exactly is that shared responsibility model and what is their own role in that? Yeah, the I mean, the, the, the stats are, are, are pretty shocking. Um, I was, uh, looking a couple weeks ago at uh, what is the what percentage of uh, companies using Microsoft 365 are doing uh, some type of uh, data protection for for that service uh, and uh, the number was uh, around 30 percent and that's not a, a ton you know I, I attribute some of it to uh, you know not necessarily uh, understanding the shared responsibility model some of the kind of messaging confusion uh, with, hey, you know, how, how resilient is, uh, is SaaS. Uh, but also some of it might be, um, you know, at least with, with smaller companies that I've spoken to, some of it is people are trying to be very conscious of what they're spending uh, and trying to decide what is the right risk uh, to cost calculus for them, uh, to what extent they can rely on some of the uh, the native uh, data management services from Microsoft 365 and be covered there. And um, I've even spoken to folks who are like, yeah, we are aware that, you know, we may not be protected in uh, some of these other cases, but uh, with uh, decided it's uh, good enough for us. So it's uh, it's interesting to see how it'll, it'll evolve. It's definitely kind of barriers to access issues as well as uh, educational issues, I would say. Okay, and also earlier you mentioned something about open source solutions for, for M365 data protection. And I, I don't know if I can think of a couple maybe on my hand, uh, if I can even think of one right now. Uh, but I, I do know that there are like quite a few other uh, backup players out there that also specialize in protecting that data and making sure it's backed up and recoverable. But what do, what do you think is the role of, of open source data protection software for, for SaaS services? Maybe a little deeper than just, you know, back the data up. There's definitely not uh, a ton uh, there. And as we talked uh, about it earlier, the the threats in this space are definitely real, and we we do see a large number of organizations basically choosing to be uh, choosing or you know accidentally being um, like exposed and not well protected. And 
I think open source has a role to play here in, in, in two ways. Um, so one is uh, lower the barrier to access for the software for companies that are uh, extremely uh, cost sensitive. So this could be um, you know, pure open source play uh, software as well as for really small companies, there are uh, options for uh, using you know, community edition software for a small number of licenses. Uh, and the other role is for open source is uh, really to uh, help uh, raise awareness even further uh, that it is actually important to think about uh, uh, these things and protect uh, SaaS data the same way you care to protect your uh, more traditional infrastructure and uh, more traditional data. Okay. And uh, also, I also was kind of poking around in some information about um, the open source project named Corso. And um, I know you guys are still in stealth, but um, can, can you share anything around, around the project and, um, you know, what, what primarily are some of the, some of the key things that are going on, whether it's security, backup, restore, storage, and all, all of those different things? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Alcyon, the company, is, is still in stealth, but uh, one of the things that we've, we've done uh, that is already public uh, is we have introduced a new uh, open source project uh, named uh, Corso. You know, it's a, it's a breed of, uh, of a guard dog, which I think is very appropriate for uh, a data protection uh, metaphor. And my, my brother has uh, one. And... <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, for us, it kind of came down to, hey, the, the number of people who are not doing anything to protect themselves is just uh, too large. Uh, we believe, at least for some of them, it was an issue of, of cost or insufficient uh, sort of risk to, to cost ratio. Uh, so we, we looked at, uh, you know, what's available uh, in the open source for, for this, and there, there wasn't much. Uh, so we actually decided to, uh, to do something about it. And uh, that's where uh, Corso uh, comes in. It's uh, the first like, completely free, secure, uh, open source backup solution for uh, Microsoft 365. Okay, okay. That that sounds really promising. So, um, um, how how many how many? Well, maybe you can't share that. How many people you have kind of like already using it? How many downloads? And you know, what are some of the things that users, someone who's already used it, what what are they saying about it? Yeah, we uh, we only opened the the, the project maybe a, a a month or or so ago, so it's still kind of in the uh, in the early stages. Uh, but we're already seeing uh, a few people sort of discovering it. Uh, we also, you know, somewhat purposefully haven't made much publicity uh, uh, around it, given that the company is still in stealth. But uh, we've had folks who have discovered it and started uh, experimenting with it. Um, and Corso is a command line tool that allows um, IT folks to uh, kind of run uh, their own backups and restore uh, against Microsoft 365 and um, can think of it as a, a sort of a combination of a 
Microsoft data management engine uh, wrapped in like convenient workflows uh, that allow you to do flexible backup and res granular restore on top of a pretty powerful uh, kind of storage backend. So those are all things that uh, you know enthusiasts in, in this space are, are excited about and folks who are you know, starting to think about the risks and when they start looking at solutions, there's commercial solutions. A lot of them are also interested in uh, what's available in the open source and they're starting to uh, to discover this. And, and is this only Microsoft 365 data that supported? Uh, yeah, great question. So, uh, yes, currently we, we wanted to start with uh, a community that uh, really is kind of well well defined and uh, as you know there's 300 uh, million plus uh, Microsoft 365 paid users uh, according to to Microsoft so uh, and as I mentioned only about 30 percent of uh, of these are, are covered uh, in some way so this felt like a a, a, a large community that had a, an, an addressed need. Uh, that we that we wanted to help. Um, so we are uh, starting with uh, Microsoft 365 as a uh, as a service. Although, as I mentioned earlier, we do think about um, SaaS data as a as a category of data that uh, needs protecting more than than people realize. Uh, the way. Corso is designed. Uh, nothing that it does is uh, necessarily limited to uh, Microsoft 365 in a in a deep way. Um, it's where we are we're focusing right now. But when it comes to kind of robustness of and efficiency of the workflows, our approach to security, doing things like client-side encryption of all backups so that you can store them at cost-effective storage, overall doing things to uh, reduce operating costs, things like compression, deduplication, incremental backups, all of that is fairly uh, generic and can be extended to uh, other services. So kind of depending on uh, the interest of the community as it develops, uh, we'll see how uh, this may uh, morph into supporting additional services. But uh, the start is Microsoft 365. Well, awesome. And let's begin to wrap up here. And j just in case any of the Gumbo listeners are, are curious to, is it, is it open for someone to maybe jump in, download, get access to it, or is it not quite ready yet for, for that? Uh, 100%. So the uh, while the software is in, in alpha, uh, we do encourage folks to uh, engage with it. Uh, and the best way to do that is to go to uh, CorsoBackup.io. Uh, from there, you can find uh, pointers to uh, our Git repo. You can find pointers to uh, the existing releases, documentation, uh, our uh, roadmap for the project is, is public. People can uh, go check that out, uh, can provide uh, feedback on it, uh, and uh, our team is currently pretty responsive uh, 
especially as we get early adopters and they help us uh, find and address issues, we are uh, really like, eager to, to work with people. So it's a great time to, to engage, uh, even though it's early. All right. Well, I am looking forward to, to maybe checking it out myself, taking a look at it, even though I don't have uh, M365, but uh, wouldn't, wouldn't mind taking a look at it. And uh, I am sure that the Gumbo listeners will also find it helpful. Uh, I, I learned a, a couple things as well from you. So I, I do appreciate you, you being a guest on the Data Protection Gumbo. Of course, yeah. Uh, one thing, even if you don't have uh, Microsoft 365, if you go to uh, our website, we actually do have a blog post on how you can get a, a developer uh, tenant for Microsoft 365. So that would allow you to uh, actually engage with, with Corso and, and kick the wheels. Well, awesome. Thank you again, my friend. And it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.